We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. What is it? It's Tuesday, September 5th. Wow, September. Uh, it's about know, 9 right? o'clock. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and co-editor over at Mavs Moneyball, Josh Bow. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, September. Ooh. When did that happen? I, I don't I've, know. My August felt like... like the longest month in the world, and then all of a sudden it's September. It's weird. My, not only was like August the longest month in the world, then I got that cool <laughs> electric bill for the month of August. Like, it oh, was like a, yes. July was something like like the average temperature was so it was just preposterous. It's yep. I, I'm I'm looking forward to fall. I will complain about the cold. Our uh, fellow uh, editor over at Mavs Moneyball Doyle Raider noted that the farm, farmer's almanac indicates that there's a pretty dang good chance it's going to be an extra cold winter, which would be just. <laughs> Just perfect. Well, of course, you know, we're, we're leading the podcast with some weather talk because in Mavs land, there's not <laughs> a ton going on. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the World Cup because I am just having an absolute great time with it. Um, so to kind of recap, uh, the see here. So the next two days of group play were pretty wild where there were some upsets. Canada nearly got knocked out and sent home. Uh, they lost Brazil. And then they rallied back to beat Spain, which that, you know, if they didn't win that game, they were going home. Cause this is, this is basically now it's, there's eight teams left. Um, the United States was beat on Saturday and not just kind of beat, like they were whooped. They were out executed. Um, they were out shot, which was something that happens in tournaments like these, but it was a little bit, it was a very strong wake up call that the United States team needs to rebound. Um, shout out Jaron Jackson Jr., who in the uh, – so they played – see here, they played today, and they won uh, against Italy. 
and but in the previous the last two games of group play he 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 grabbed one rebound in two games um i remember chuck cooperstein when he was coming out of of college chuck cooperstein was arguing with me about how the man has a foul trouble problem and that was five years ago he has not corrected the foul trouble problem at all he makes the dumbest fouls and it absolutely drive it should drive steve kerr insane because he's the one true big on the team that they'll that they'll actually play um they never give the utah guy any burn i think just for foot speed issues but that is what it is and then uh slovenia played germany now they didn't have to win would have been nice luka came out in the first quarter and basically big boyed uh whoever guarded him then got hit on the thigh again and just had didn't look the same and germany flat out ran slovenia off the floor just out muscled them germany's one of the most talented teams in the in the tournament at least in terms of by professional league standards they have all sorts of guys that play in the nba so that one's not exactly surprising and considering the united states or i'm sorry slovenia didn't need to win it's one where it's like okay you know let's let's see where we go yeah and they just beat in australia too so Mm -hmm. they weren't gonna they were you know (laughs) <laughs> you're going to drop one eventually here. So, so they match up tomorrow morning. So, but you know, depending on when you listen to this game might already be over seven 30 on ESPN two. So you might be able to watch this job right. uh, at least uh, when you get home from daycare drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the second half and you know, they have, they have all these guys that can guard Luca. They have shy who really can't guard Luca, but they'll probably try him. Dylan Brooks. Um, who's our other man from Oklahoma city. The, um, the bulky like linebacker looking gentleman. What's wrong? Uh, from Oklahoma City? Yeah. Uh, the other Jalen Williams or no? Oh well, he... no, uh, Lugans Dort, Lou Dort. Oh Dort, that's right. Yeah, Dort's. Uh, you know, they're the the when you go through and figure out who's Canadian, it's pretty amazing. Um, the 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 second best Slovenian player tomorrow, in my opinion, is going to be um RJ. Uh, and and that's just <laughs> you know that that's the way that'll go. But we'll probably have more to talk about that game because if if. They win this game. Is that a knockout game? Is that a winner? Winner moves on. It is on? a knockout game. It is a knockout game. Now, before I continue on about the Slovenian team and really some some extra thoughts that I had based on interactions I had in social media, I wanted to point out a story. There was uh, on the Hoop Collective podcast. I'm I'm a little behind it on my basketball stuff because I'm listening to all football things. Well, Brian Windhorst, I, it just kind of auto played, and I was listening to it, and Brian Windhorst started talking about the South Sudan team, which has qualified for the Olympics next year. And and do you realize that only 12 teams actually qualify for the Olympics? Like we take this for granted because when it comes to seedings, the American team basically is one of the only ones that's always there. Like they, I don't think the American team has ever missed the Olympics. I could be wrong. Um, But it's really difficult outside because these, these tournaments are dominated by the United States and European teams with everybody else pretty much getting scraps. So the Af and that includes, you know, all African teams, some of the Asian teams, um, Australia tends to win a lot of those tournaments, but South Sudan, and I don't remember the exact path on how South Sudan qualified for the tournament, but you read this story and you know, they, they're, they've only been a, a legal, like, like a, a country recognized by the world since 2012 or 2011. So we're talking 12. And then during that time, they've had two sort of either like periods of unrest or civil war. And as recently as 2020, we're talking like they were still at war. So this is their first, this is the first time as a country they've qualified for any sort of Olympic 
thing. And they did it as a basketball team without having access to indoor practice facilities. It's re I mean, so go seek out this story on ESPN. Just type Brian Windhorse, South Sudan. It's one of the craziest, most incredible things I've read. And it, you know, sort of reminded me on elements of why I really like this tournament because it's, you know, you see these guys play for their countries. It's pretty incredible. You know, here in the United States, when it comes to these tournaments, our players, you know, they don't want their summer, like they want their summers. So getting them to play requires a particular level of commitment. It's tough because with the way they have these, these tournaments structured and it's not going to change. I've looked into this. They have world cup one summer and the Olympics the next summer and FIBA basically yeah. wants to to overtake the Olympics in terms of importance to basketball. And I, you know, I'm just not sure. Like the tournament is certainly a better format for it. So like once you get to the Olympics, there's only 12 teams, there's not a lot going on there. And then things are sort of over pretty quickly. And so I understand like why from a basketball standpoint, because this tournament has more teams. I mean, there are 32 teams that were invited to the World Cup tournament and group play, and then they whittle them down to eight and then it so on and so forth. Um, and that is, is leading into all the other tournaments that are played throughout you know the years before to get there. And so there's just all these chances for international basketball. And what that got me to thinking, because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I never really watched Dirk and international basketball. I, d- I didn't have the access in the mid, you know, in, in the early 2000s and in the mid 2000s. I just didn't you know, certainly wasn't particularly interested. So I started asking uh, a question that at least I thought was interesting. Um, for, for the various Slovenian followers, what team and when was the best team that the uh, Slovenian national team has played against that had real stakes? And what I meant by that was like, they play all these international friendlies that are fun, but they, they're kind of like the warm up games. They're not games that like contribute towards a particular tournament. And what I found just kind of by happenstance from, from the answers that I got was I've ended up watching a fair number of these games and, and really, and, and I'm, 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 let me know if you've actually seen any of these. So our buddy is said that he thought that, you know, Australia and Germany from this tournament were two of the best teams they've played against ever. And then he listed Lithuania, Germany, and France at the last Eurobasket, and then Germany, Spain, France, and Australia at the Olympics. So it's like asking people to pick and choose with some of these teams is pretty tough because one of the things I think that, that we keep kind of underselling, and I'm going to try to sell this properly is that Slovenia is a country of 2 million people and they're competing against much bigger countries every single time they take the floor. The one that that really, the, the most impressive win that I remember seeing straight up was uh, the Olympic qualification game. This was, had to be last year. Or was it last year? It was last time when they were in the Olympics. Lithu- when they played Lithuania and both um, Jonas Va- Valanciunas and Sabonis were on that team. And the Slovenian team with Luka just wrecked. So mm-hmm. we got some, uh, there's just been some pretty incredible matches over the years. And that's where this like Canadian one for me, I'm really like, I'm going to find a way gonna find a way to watch this one i'm really looking i've I've only been catching like bits and pieces just because of you know schedule and stuff and work but i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can like throw up out of office for like 90 minutes (laughs) morning and see if no one will bother me in the office um so yeah just just you know I, i was wanting to riff on that a little bit i'm probably wrong in some particulars and i i apologize if i've if i've stated anything incorrectly but i i've really enjoyed following the slovenian team they're very uh, they're very punchy. Um, that one of the players, uh, Meta retweeted this. It was like just talked about, and he was clearly like an older guy, 
uh, like just talked about how long they've been away from their families at this point. And it's like to play these sorts of basketball tournaments. It's, it really does. It, it's, it's a, it's a big commitment and it's really cool that these guys go and do that. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, no, I'm yeah. thoroughly into it. No, for sure. And this Slovenian team definitely has a different flavor than the Olympic team and that Eurobasket team where, you know, they had Goran Dragic and they mm-hmm. kind of, they were, those teams really did have a lot of talent. This team is much, much more, is much scrappier. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and they've had the sustain, they've had the two big injuries. injuries. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no Goran. And then who, uh, Kankar got hurt right mm-hmm. before the World Cup started. Like, and another player got hurt, um, towards ACL, uh, also before the tournament. Oh, um, yeah. they knew that going in, but it's still, it's, it's, it's just tough. Yeah. So, so the fact yeah. that they've able to put on this run, like beating Australia and, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they, they play tomorrow. But it's one of those things where, I almost feel like uh, the Olympics, because they didn't medal in the Olympics, right? I think they finished like fourth or fifth. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. There was like, you know, even though like it would have been a huge, colossal achievement. They I got fourth. Was like, they, they got beat by France. There was, there was yeah. a twinge of disappointment, I felt, uh, that they didn't medal. Because I think people thought that that might have been like one yeah. of the best teams they've ever had or they ever will well, have. So I mean, you just get they're X underdogs of, now. You just get X number of chances yeah. to win. And and that's kind of what it comes down to where, you know, and, and you think about it in terms of how long the Mavericks have had Luka Doncic. I mean, realistically, five years have gone by like like that. And when you play in these overseas tournaments as well, you're always doing it in addition to all the other basketball that you get paid to play. So, you know, a certain circumstance might take you out. That's why I think Mavericks fans, particularly like people that aren't really interested in this kind of overseas basketball, get re- and I've seen comments like people get really frustrated that Luca's playing in these things, and I'm just oh, like, yeah. and they they did with Dirk too, but it's like I mean Cuban didn't Cuban didn't like it wasn't Cuban no Cuban, Cuban when Dirk and, was playing yeah and he kind of had to take his medicine on that and, because it's like this is not something you're going to convince these guys of, yeah. and you know I understand. If you are, as an American citizen, don't feel particularly patriotic, okay? That's not – but for a lot of these countries, and I've, I've just had discussions the past several weeks, when you're playing against incredible odds – I mean, we have 100 – we have something – the United States has like 360 million citizens. We have 180 times the population of Slovenia. And we might play them for a bet. So it's like these sorts of things just, just like different. they really they matter. They matter to people. And you know, there there's times where it's like you know people kind of forget why international competitions were like created. Like they were created as a means, like as an alternative. You know, so people from different countries could get together and compete in a non-violent way. Like it's. <laughs> You know, it's it, I, I I don't know. I I could kind of ramble about this stuff for a while. I really I I would love to go see an overseas game and just feel like my, my friend Adam Mares went to the uh, Serbia Greece yeah, right. friendly last year. And he's like, that might be the best basketball experience I've ever had, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of that sort of stuff. So, all right. So before we pivot, uh, before we pivot to what we're going to talk about next and, and, you know, just so everyone knows we are, Josh and I are inching closer and closer to the point in the off season calendar where we do have to address stuff for the sake of content like Stephen a smith saying today that he thinks jason tatum is better than luca we're getting there but it's not today thank you 
God, I didn't even know that happened. I was it not did. really online today, so it did. I, God, I was reading through the replies of uh, one of the one of the people who asked us a question who I had had muted, um, and that was a d- discussion point today. And it's just like, okay, like <sighs> training, that's perf- training camp's coming up, man. It'll save that's, us soon. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Okay, so to to, to bring us back, I want to do. Uh, we're going to do a live read here because for the second time in a month, uh, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about NBA 2K mobile. Um, I've been playing it more than I should have. Uh, my cell phone does not have the battery to deal with, with things like this these days. And thank goodness I work from home. Are you playing it more than the required amount that you need to do to do an ad read? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's, it's really fun. I, I the graphics are are shockingly good. The gameplay is interesting to where there's like a variety of things you can do to build up your team, your my player. There's a lot of customization. Um, I've not done anything where I'm playing against anyone because that sort of stuff would be really bad for my uh, for my confidence because losing to like a 14 year old on a mobile game does not sound fun to me. I you know it's it's just not really my thing. But for if you're listening to a basketball podcast in the dead of off season, you, you kind of owe it to yourself to to try this game. Um, they're always updating things. They're adding new opportunities to get you know cards and collectibles and things like that. It's just a lot of fun. I really do recommend trying it. Uh, if you want to uh, do it, go ahead and, and download the two K uh, NBA two K mobile game free on the App Store or Google Play, and use my promo code, which is Tatum two K mobile, to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl tier card. <laughs> okay, that, that's funny. Right now, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. That code is T A T U M two K M O B I L E. All right. What's uh, going now, on there? It's it's yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty perfect. Even my dog disagrees with the, uh, <laughs> with the notion of of having a Jason Tatum based thing. That's amazing. Um, I will say. Uh, so yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to uh, a real break for our podcast listeners again, guys. If you actually don't skip through those, those sort of things really help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that, I would appreciate it. Um, We'll be back in just a second. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now that uh, now that you've had a couple of minutes, uh, I'm going to shill one more time and I'm going to shill for our actual podcast. Again, you know, we're, we're inching towards the regular season. We're going to have four preseason games to cover, and I'm not sure what we'll do because three of those games are in the middle of the day. Uh, I don't know if we're actually going to be able to cover them, but you know, during the regular season, you and I are talking to each other as much as we talk to our spouses. Um, so we, we're on podcasts multiple times a week, and you should like this YouTube channel. You should like the stream. Subscribe and hit that bell to get notified whenever we go live, and we will continue to put out as much content as we can uh as handle because i mean i i still like talking about this stuff i can't believe it uh i i usually go through a period and i did um most there there are chunks of august where i'm like playing diablo (laughs) at at you know one in the morning and i'm like i could just do this i don't need to do (laughs) basketball stuff (laughs) right but then i realized like i like talking to people It's it's a social outlet it's fun and so I really, you know, I was just been 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 thinking about that a little bit. All August right. is the worst for sure. We're we're through we're through the the worst month. Like twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five is going to be a disaster because I don't think there's any international basketball at that point. So it's like, what are you going? Like, what am I going to do? Um. All right. So before the show, about four or five hours ago, I put out a call for some questions, and um, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through these and you've heard a lot from me tonight and I apologize we're gonna get to Josh more in a second but the first <laughs> one that I got the very first one that I got was from a uh, a, a Twitter handle with the name at prime Dirk 41 he is a notorious Luca hater just just unbelievable uh, disdain for Luca on his timeline really makes me laugh um, he asked me the very blunt question of do you still hate Kyrie? Um, and he <laughs> shared with me my own tweet from February 3rd, which I think was before the trade deadline. Yes, it was. And I, I, you know, and, and anybody that's followed me on Twitter, like I just, I tweet stuff. I don't care. Like I don't tweet as much anymore just because I, the platform is kind of annoying me, but I, when basketball season comes around, I'll be back at it. I tweeted like on, on, uh, I said, I've given it a lot of thought and Kyrie Irving can go to hell. <laughs> which is that might be up there with me asking if we could trade Jalen Brunson after a missed jumper, like sometime yeah. in January in terms of like reactionary nonsense. Um, it's a good question because I'm not going to sit here and say that I love Kyrie Irving. I really appreciate Kyrie's game. It is as advertised. And I watched a lot of Kyrie Irving from 2011, 2012, and I went through the first LeBron year. And then after he was uh, ended up on the Celtics, I've just not paid a ton of attention to his game. And it's held up. He is spectacular to watch. Um, I am going to enjoy the Kyrie experience 
insofar as we have the Kyrie basketball experience. And I am very, I'm hopeful that nothing else, uh, you know, that we get just a pure Kyrie basketball experience, you know, that that's sort of where I settle on him. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah it is. And it, it, it's kind of weird with Kyrie because like, I remember he was, I mean, he wasn't like a favorite player, but like, I always, whenever <clears throat> he was on national TV, which, you know, for a while was he was on national TV because LeBron was on his team, but still, I mean, watching those Cavs teams, I mean, they were they were so much fun to watch. I remember, I can't remember any points he had. He had like 50, 53 or something in an overtime game on the road against Tim Duncan Spurs team. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, he barely went to the free throw line, I think. Like he's he just it was all makes around the rim and contorting and flipping up these. I mean, his game layups. is like a YouTube video come to yeah. life. It's it's really fun to watch and really like even when he he started to get like annoying, he was only annoying like at first in like the sports sense. Like, you know, like the earth is flat stuff never really outraged me. It was just more like he's just being an idiot. But it never felt like harmful. And that's you know, the last couple of years it felt like it kind of switched and it got a little harmful, and that's where it like became a bummer. Uh, to be, you know, to to see him on your team or something like that. But, you know, since he's been in Dallas, he's obviously uh, been on his best behavior. He got the contract he wanted. Um, and he I wanted... think he likes, I, I think he likes the atmosphere in the sense of he's <laughs> yeah, not, in the new, he's he's not in under the... a LeBron, yeah. a Boston, or a New York pressure cooker. It is, you know, if we're candid, basketball is a third tier sport in this town relative to football and to baseball um yeah media wise he's in a perfect yeah. spot in terms of like being able to just kind of chill and not have to worry about people asking him I, stuff I that teased, he doesn't want to talk about i tease our friend uh over at, at dallas basketball grant afseth about this from time to time he Kyrie, if you if you think about him from from the sense of he 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 views basketball as a bit of an an artistic outlet grant asks him questions that allow him to explain his art and it's pretty remarkable. It's also pretty like, okay, there's a lot going on here, <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff you can tell. That's the kind of stuff he would rather talk about if given the opportunity, you know, under the right circumstances. And the Mavericks are going to be so interesting this year from a basketball sense that hopefully we'll get a lot of stuff like that because he's, he's the special sauce. We know what Luca gives us and, and, you know, it can, can he, Ben Golliver over, um, he runs the greatest of all talk podcast had a, you know, he talked about how, well, Luca and Kyrie, Luca's uh, Kyrie and Luca's numbers were so great, but they still couldn't win. So that's why I don't think this pairing can, can work. And I'm just like, Jesus, Ben, they had nobody else. What are, that's not Kyrie (laughs) or Luca's fault. It was just, I don't know. That sort of stuff just frustrates me, but you know, all that said, like, no, I, I don't think I hate Kyrie. I, 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 I want the experience of watching him play basketball. If it can continue like it went last year, we're going to have a great time. That's what I right. think. And then there's always the ticking time bomb in the back of your head about like how he's ended every relationship with every team he's ever been on. To That's be- the part where like, I don't know, like, I just don't talk about it because if you bring it up, you just get swarmed with, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yep. you're just being pessimistic hater. And it's like, well, I mean, that's what happened. Like, yep. you know, history is the history. So hopefully that stuff can kind of stay in the background for as long as possible. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So I have another question, which I'm going to put out here. And then I hear my wife is out of town today. And I, I told my, my seven-year-old son, you need to go to sleep and you need to let me record a podcast. 
I can hear him calling for me. Um, so I'm going to try to prompt you and then see okay. if you can, if, if, if you can talk a, li- a little so bit. So I can filibuster this. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So ba- Bailey Kale uh, uh, on Twitter asks, is Luca the face of the NBA NBA yet? If he is, I feel like the NBA leaves him off a lot of promos. So what do you think? Do you think he's kind of one of the guys that they broadcast? I'll be right back. I mean, I think the NBA very clearly is investing in him. Uh, I mean, he's on national TV a bunch. Um, He's been in all-star games. Like, I I feel like the league is promoting him about as well as they should. Obviously, some fans are going to feel differently, like with John Morant. Uh, his ascension that he kind of got before all of his kind of public uh, relations nightmares. But I don't know if he, he's not the face of the league because no one's the face of the league. No one's the new face until LeBron retired. Like it's LeBron until he's gone. Um, and there's just nothing stopping that. Like there's still, the NBA is an interesting place because there's still a lot of guys that were the face of the league in like 2008, 2009 that still play. You know, LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, um Chris Paul although obviously he is not as uh, magnified as he was a couple years ago but like as long as LeBron's here he'll be the face uh, I think when LeBron retires we'll maybe see a different we'll, we'll see something different but uh I mean I absolutely the league is invested in Luka being like a guy to carry the torch going forward I think anyone saying they're not doing that it, it would be kind of silly uh, did you get all that <laughs> i did you're the best and everybody's watching i apologize for just like piecing out this is the the one thing about uh, doing this sort of stuff as a side hustle is real life gives zero shits about <laughs> like if this were like josh and i's job uh and it'd be nice but it doesn't pay enough um we we have to deal with stuff like this every now and again so i i, I apologize for that but i did pretty pretty i'm sure it was a a verbose thank answer you. thank you um Bailey also asked another question, which I liked, uh, and he said, will Lively and Omax get playoff minutes when the Mavs make the playoffs this year? So I I don't mm. think the Mavericks make the playoffs unless these two get minutes. Right. That's what, it, I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Uh what well, you know, chicken, chicken crossing mm-hmm. the road or whatever. It's like yeah, chicken or the egg. What comes first? Yeah, 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 sorry. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Like they're not going to, if they don't play, they probably, or if they don't contribute to winning basketball this year, then the Mavericks are kind of in a rock, rock in a hard place. So yeah, I'm with you. They'll play because they're going to be a reason why they're in the playoffs. I like that one. That's, that's a good question. So, all right, let's see. What else do we have now? This is, this is one I don't think we're going to be able to answer, but it's the kind of like weeds, super thoughtful, uh, worse, we're unbelievable basketball nerds kind of question. So at is one, the, is this the third? Two-way yeah. Spot? Yeah. At one for Dirk <laughs> asks, who do y'all think gets the third two-way spot? Would it be better to go get a so-so starting center like Olenek or Valanciunas and give up? Oh, that's a separate second question. Separate yeah. question. Would it? Uh, all right. So the, the first question is, what do you think? Uh, who do you think gets the third two-way spot? I think they give it to one of these camp invites. Because with um, that one guy sign, like one guy goes sign in Europe, uh, the the shorter guard that played a lot of minutes for us last year. Of course, I just can't remember his McKinley name. McKinley Wright. Yeah, McKinley Wright says that opens up a contract, and they have like Greg Brown. I think is one of the names. Yep, I've got and, some named Greg Brown. Um, Greg Brown's else? highlights are preposterous, by the way. 
<laughs> they really are. Where it's Joe like, Weiskamp, another training camp name. Mm-hmm. Jordan Walker, who we knew. Jelly Walker. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other names we don't know. Maybe an interesting one just for the yeah. for funsies. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's what? It's it's going to be A.J. Lawson and Mike Miles, mm-hmm. or two of them. Yep. And I could see... I could see Jordan Walker being the third, but I think I don't. I can't remember. I think he's on an. Is he on like an Exhibit Ten contract? I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, and the way There's those so things work. Weird. Yeah, okay. Scott CBA Mavs can normally explain this stuff, but it's like one of the nice parts about having Luka Doncic is ultimately not having to care, um, <laughs> which is funny because I've railed for you know the better part of four years about how they need to care about the back end of the bench. I will say that I'm interested in them giving guys shots. Like there was one guy, um, was it it started with a T that was on the summer league team that played at the university of Houston, who was just an aerial nightmare. Like the man had all sorts of awesome dunks was like Taze maybe. Uh, Um, Yeah, he was amazing. And it's just somebody asked, Oh, would he maybe get a two way spot? I'm just like, I just can't see him doing it for a 25 year old guy. Like I, you know, I, I, that kind of athleticism is so interesting, but it's just, is it functional within the NBA mind? And I, I just don't know. Like I, I'm not good enough at this to be able to make that sort of assertion, but I, it's gotta be one of these, one of these guys from training camp is what I'll, is where I'll be now, how they make that determination is weird because they're playing three games overseas. You know, are those guys going to get any minutes? It's, that's, that's curious to me. Right. Cause those games are almost less about for the season and you know putting on a show for the league in a way so we'll see so then one for Dirk had another question would it be better to go get a so-so starting center like Kelly Olenek or Jonas Valanciunas and give up less assets thinking uh, like second round picks uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Holmes or a hotter name but give up a first round pick and then like Green or Hardy I think I'd prefer the former Ding 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 ding. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yep. it's if it's for center, yeah. Like I just, if they trade any of their top tier uh, assets that they have right now for a starting center after taking Derek Lively twelfth, like yeah, that's just that's a misuse. That's a misuse of assets uh, for me. If they're gonna trade those top tier assets, it needs to be for another wing, I think, because that's kind of the the last spot that really needs to be. To be filled because you know I know fans are going to cry. Well, what about center? And it's like, okay, well, Lively's going to be that guy. You would hope, like the next ten, you know, ten years or so. Maybe he's not ready this year. And then you know you've got Luca, and then you've got Kyrie, and you got Grant Williams. So there's technically maybe four of your five starting building blocks, and then the the fifth piece needs to probably be another wing. So. Yeah, that's where I would put my assets if it's not if Josh Green doesn't turn out to be that guy. When we had one, so the, a guy who's been commenting on our stuff, really appreciate the the comments. Uh, Vroom keeps noting that that the Mavericks should, should go after like a Jared Allen, um, and then he lists like Clint Capella, Nick Claxton. I think to get those pieces, you have to give up that first round pick, and yeah, I like those pieces. I don't like them enough to where that's their last move because they just, they don't have any assets. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, they've only got so many bites at the apple with these trades. They just recouped, uh, you know, some, some value here by, you know, they picked up some second round picks and now they've Mm -hmm. got some young players to trade with, with lively and prosper and, and Hardy and green. So, well, and you know, Regarian in the, in the chat says Valanciunas is not a so, so starting center. I agree with that. It's more of a like, do you want to invest? To me, I read the question as, do you want to invest a lot of resources in the center position? 
I do, but I want it to be for a guy that makes them better in the playoffs. I think a lot of the people that are being listed raises their floor, but not their ceiling. And that's where like you, you draft a guy uh, like Lively with the hopes that he eventually raises your ceiling. And that, that's just the tough part because, I mean, the bigs that are available on the market for a decent price have real drawbacks to them. Or they age like bananas left on the countertop. I mean, that's like the Clint Capella fear. That dude has been run <laughs> into the ground. He was he's been in the league for eleven years now, or whatever. He was an eighteen year old, and I remember him playing with in in Houston and like had to get in shape. Took him forever. He's a great player. Like that's not I'm not knocking the player at all. It's just I don't think the Mavericks can afford to to do any more things like like. Does that make sense? Like I think we we've we've well, yeah, talked. About it's just it's bit. just not the position to invest top tier assets when you've already used the 12th overall pick. Like if they didn't draft lively, okay, I can kind of, you can talk, talk me into it, but they just drafted lively. Like he's going to be the guy that you hope is starting at center, you know, for years. Um, So why would you invest resources into a player that's only theoretically going to start what one, two, two seasons max. It's just, it's not worth it for me. All right. Then, um, got a question from Nalls. he says kind of rhetorical but how the hell did the Mavs make the Western Conference Finals with Jason Kidd as head coach I still can't <laughs> believe it to this day that's not a rhetorical question I heard again once again on the the GOAT podcast Ben Golver thinks that Jason Kidd is on the hot seat to start the season and to to kind of address both thoughts at once Jason Kidd is not on the hot seat Jason Kidd yeah. should be on the hot seat the best season Jason Kidd ever had was his first one with the Mavericks like his win totals over the previous several, like the, his teams only got worse. Now, I think he deserves a shot with this roster because how they made it to the Western Conference Finals is they found a formula and beat that formula into the ground, and they they won a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it, I mean, is it crazy that they then left that series and thought we need <laughs> Javale McGee? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right but you know uh, what are you gonna do yeah we'll see um if to answer how did they make the western conference finals with jason kidd i think part of that is we underestimated how much this team uh despised rick carlisle mm. um because mm, i feel like ha- i feel like half of that season's energy was fueled by just the 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 euphoric uh feeling of that team not playing under a guy that they apparently just loathe and took every opportunity to kind of passive aggressively hint at how much they hated him uh, and how much better off they are. And and that happened, like, you know, when a guy wears out his welcome that first year, uh, that next year can be, can be big. Like what, uh, what the Warriors from, I mean, the Warriors won a title in Steve Kerr's first year after Mark Jackson. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, even with Jason Kidd left and, and Budenholzer and, and, yep. and uh, Milwaukee, they won 60 games. Like, not to say Jason Kidd is as good as a coach as, as Bud or, or Kerr. I'm not trying to make that comparison. I'm just saying when a voice has worn out its welcome, there's always an up, regardless of who you replace, I think there's always a, a little bit of an uptick there. Well, and I think Kidd matters to the, like, like earlier we had the question about Kyrie. I think Jason Kidd matters a ton to Kyrie's buy-in like just a ton because he's he talked about sway 
Yeah, and he's talked about how Jason Kidd was one of his favorite players growing up, and like that element of this simply cannot be understated. If you're in for a penny and in for a pound with Kyrie, I think that man and Luca was also one of the ones who wanted Jason Kidd. Like you just, you know, you just got to figure out a way to make it work. You know, there, there's things I would really love Jason Kidd to do differently in his coaching. I would like him to take a bullet for his team every once again. I would also like him to be a little more verbose with the refs in the games. But outside of that, they've had, you know, they've had assistants come and go. They're, they don't seem to be stuck doing one specific thing. I mean, they could use a little more creativity on offense, but I think that's getting Luca to buy in to a different role more than anything. And if they can't do that, the no, it, that's not necessarily on them. I mean, it's Luca needing to 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 figure out to to be different. So it's like I'm for now. I am tentatively in on Jason Kidd again as head coach, like mm-hmm. after being pretty awful about him for a long time. Yeah, well, whether we like him or not, you know, just how this business works. Twenty twenty two is going to give him some some leeway. Like it just it's just kind of well, how it is. There's also so like you have to kind of see it out a little bit more. So uh, who is the guy? He's also in Australia. The Mavericks didn't sign him. Signed him to a, a, a offer sheet, and then the Blazers retained him. Bible. So there's also like things where it's like the road not taken. <laughs> not having a guy like Thibel, I think, aids kid a ton. He would have played Thibel a lot. Yes. yes, he would have. He just because, and it's like. You know, it's, it's like we used to talk about this with Carlisle all the time. It's like take away his favorite toys. Stop <laughs> letting him post up Wesley Matthews for the love of God. <laughs> you know that was why. In, in hindsight, that trade was was really difficult for the Mavs when they when they basically handed the keys over to Luca. And I'm not sure it was the right thing, but neither was what it, letting Wesley Matthews and Harrison Barnes post up eight times a game. So right, yeah, I know so. what you mean, and, and I think you know he's been here. He's been here two years, one good year, one bad year. I think it's, you know, just in terms of fairness, even if personally I have thoughts about his longevity as, as a as a quality coach. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of have to kind of roll with it and see how it is. That's right. All right. The last question, and then we'll, 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 we'll BS for a second, is from our, our Leo, who's there in the chat. Uh, he says, who are you and Josh ready to go all in on as your leap guys for next season? Now it's not like we have a lot of options. <laughs> That's just, I mean, it's different than football. It's not like fantasy basketball or baseball or something where you can be like, all right, I'm in on this guy. Like the Mavericks have X number of young guys. Like, is there, is there anybody that, that you're kind of like, all right, I'm ready for this guy. Uh, Man, that's a tough question to ask with this particular roster um think about it i got mine all right you go first let me think about mine where is mine i'm looking at the roster I'm losing <laughs> it dante exum okay i'm just in i'm in on on exum coming in and like working his way into the rotation a leap for a former lottery guy I, i'm probably it, it might not leap might not be the right term but to go from out of the league to back into the league is tough once you exit the league, guys don't come back. They just don't. So this, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, he has all the talent in the world too. Um, then you know, Dennis Lindsay guy works with Mass Front Office. I think the Mavericks. Um, I don't know if Exum was there, but they have a coach now on the staff that was a Jazz coach last year, 
or the year before. Um, I don't know if he was there when Exum was there. So that, that, yeah, that's a good that's a good take, especially seeing how he plays in the Olympics. Uh, I've made mine. It's a little hot takey, so I apologize. Ooh. But I'm going to go with Mike Miles Jr., a two way guy. No nah, man, probably people won't love matter. him. I really, I really liked his summer league game, and he looked like a better guard than Jaden Hardy in summer league. And that's not necessarily Hardy's fault because, as we've seen, his role in the NBA is better suited for his game than kind of that role that he gets put on him in summer league. Like he is just, he is not a give the ball to clear out, run the offense, do stuff guard. He is clearly a spot up playoff someone else guard as I we call like it, his rookie just, season. And he looks like a miles hamster. Yeah. And miles looks like a, he could be a point guard even with, at his size. So mm-hmm. also, you know, crazy. Like if the Mavericks are going to make another, like if they feel like they need a third all-star on this team, they're going to have to trade for him and like it or not, if they're going to make a trade for a third all-star one of you would have to assume Josh Green or Jaden Hardy would be in that trade. So there's a part of me that thinks like if there's ever a big trade, whether it's this trade deadline or next summer, maybe miles is the guy that feel they, they feel comfortable sliding into Hardy's role, like vacant role. If he ever does get traded, the Mavericks make like an all in trade. So um, that's my guy. I don't know. You know, I think he's, you know, He's going to get a chance. I think there's going to be between injuries and keeping Kyrie and Luca upright. I think he's going to get like a game or two to play to help the team win a game. And I think uh, I just want to I want to see what he does. I'm looking forward to it. I just I was really impressed. I don't know. It's foolish to be so impressed with summer league minutes, but I was just I just liked what I saw. I, there's also there's also the element of you watch a guy and you go, Jason Kidd's going to like that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. There, there's just ways. It's like where people play. They, they, it's where I'm like, I'm very hopeful about lively because lively doesn't make the mistakes that I would, you know, that that he's he's still got a lot to learn. But it's not like he was doing, you know, woefully out of play kind of yeah. thing. It's I'm 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 really interested in 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 what happens this season with with guys like some of these these back end guys because. We wanted them to change the roster, and boy, did they change the roster. So that, that's a good question, Leo. Thank you for that. Um. All right. Do, do we have anything else that we need to hit on? I don't know. Um, we already talked about JaVale McGee officially waived. He's now the Sacramento oh, Kings. Oh, we don't need to talk about basketball stuff. We can, oh. Is there any other <laughs> stuff we need to talk about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Give me your Starfield report. I gotta. I, it's it's the kind of game where if I was a younger man, I would <laughs> I would spend a lot of time doing it. It's of course it comes out right before basketball season. It's got the same Bethesda of it all, where it's like you've played this game, mm. but you've you've haven't played this game where you haven't, you haven't played it in space though. Woo! Well, <laughs> it's like there's you know. One of the things I remember from like Fallout 4 where they had like, oh, we had like our director of junk and it's like the person who was responsible for all of the random things being in all the <laughs> random buildings and such. There's that, but it's space and it's like everything so far that I've been to, I know it won't be the case forever because it's, a, you know, it's a, it's partially procedurally generated. There's, a, it feels like I'm going to like unique places and that's fascinating to me. Um, it's real big. Know- I know Mass Effect was like one of your favorite games ever. Oh, yeah. So I was just curious how this scratched, if that scratch, if this game scratches that itch at all. I, I know mean, they're kind of different. 
I, I'm I I don't think the story will be as tight. Like Mass Effect Two is probably like one of my three favorite games, and mm-hmm. and but I I'm gonna really like like this. You know, like if if we had had Baldur's Gate on Xbox, I, you would have lost me already. Like this just this wouldn't and the, and it's still coming to Xbox at some yeah, point. Later. You may still lose me. Um, <laughs> this from that have you seen the third? I mean, I know you've watched Thirty Rock. Do you remember the episode? Um, where Tracy Jordan is trying to make a porn video game yeah. and he gives it to Frank to try it. And like Frank comes into his dressing room and he's got like a huge beard and he's like, Oh, it was okay. Like I played it. And he's like, Frank, you've been gone for three months. And like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like that's you with, with Starfield. If with you were, if it came out when you were a younger man, I mean, I sunk when I bought, I, I got back into video games in 2007 uh, mm-hmm. when it was my first year out of college and I was spending too much money at the Great bars. Get back into them. <laughs> and well, and people will forget this. The, people don't remember, like George Bush did a stimulus package where he sent like every person under a certain amount, like $500. That like, we just got like $500 in the mail, similar to the stuff that he did during COVID. I went and bought my first Xbox using that absolutely stimulating yeah. the economy yes. and bought Oblivion, which at that point was like two to three years old and played mm-hmm. like 700 hours of Oblivion. Like, so it's like, these games are just tailor made for me. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a great time with it. I'm trying to figure like, we have like, so it's, it's the fifth right now. And I'm glad you you kind of addressed this. We're going to slowly start ramping up, but we still have six or seven weeks until basketball. So it's like, like I'm trying to like both enjoy myself, but also get back into the work groove. And it's very difficult with all these, these distractions that I, that I have. Yeah, we're in the we're in that spooky zone because training camp starts September sixth or twenty sixth. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's still it still feels as far away, but it's also kind of like right around the corner. And it's, yep. so it's like, how do we balance? Like, oh, we got to get everything done with. Well, it's okay. We got some time. That's we're right. in that weird middle zone. That's right. Um, I will say the last thing I wanted to talk about. I I went to a Wings game on Saturday, and oh, yeah. um, it was fun. So it's You've been out there before, to, right? Have you been to that arena before? Not to that arena. It was great. Oh, it was perfect. Like really perfect yeah. for the. Isn't venue. it great? The crowd was great. The the it was it was real fun. Um, I walked the stage and graduated. That oh, that's arena. cool. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed myself. The Wings are an odd team. Like it's very <laughs> it's they're super talented, but they have they have and I'm not a WNBA guy, but after watching that game and a couple of others, they have two stars that don't really mesh. <laughs> but they are good enough to where they still win a significant number of their games. You so about it, the Mavericks, yeah, I know, wings? right? So <laughs> it was, I don't know. I, I, but either way, like ticket prices were affordable. Fans were great. It was a great way to spend, you know, four hours on a hundred degree day in the middle of summer. Highly recommended. What was was my point? So nice. All right. Well, I think I'm gonna go play Starfield. Yeah, I was about to say get, get back into the the great beyond or the great frontier. That's right. All right. So I'll try to be back Friday. I'm really bad about doing some of these. Uh, it's it's just, it's tough. Like I, I do them during my work day and something like lately, like my boss has just been like asking me for stuff at like four 30 on a Friday. I'm like, what are we doing? There's a social contract here. It's summer. Stop what asking time, me for stuff. What time zone is he in? In the East coast. Oh, that's like, even worse. <laughs> I was like, if it's West coast, maybe he gets some, I some, uh, some uh, grace, but yeah, I know. Okay. All right, Kirk Anderson and Josh Bow, please subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Subscribe on your uh, favorite podcast platform. Please leave us a review. Leave comments. I do read all of the comments. Also consider 
if you want to uh, send us an email at podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. I do check that one fairly frequently. Uh, I don't know what we'll talk about next. We'll figure out something. Maybe we will discuss Stephen A. Smith's hot takes. Who knows? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. We will talk to you soon. Go Mavs.